When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, hi, and welcome. I am your host, Emigrant Awardner, and in my nearly 20-year career as a beauty and health writer, I have interviewed a lot of people, supermodels, entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, and doctors, and many of these conversations had a real impact on me, and I'd come away feeling inspired, excited, informed, and really empowered, and at the back of my mind, I'd always think, I wish I could just publish the tape so people could really feel that conversation. Well, on this podcast, you get to feel the conversation. I talk with experts, guests, and a few friends who I hope will inspire, inform, and empower you, and maybe also challenge you, whether you're looking for self-help, self-improvement, beauty advice, health insights, business know-how, or just some good old-fashioned life advice and a bit of a laugh. It's all here. Welcome to the show. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Lex Gillies, aka Talented Lex who is perhaps best known for being the UK's top blogger, skincare blogger, when it comes to the subject of treating sensitive and atypical skin, because she herself has rosacea. And on this podcast, you'll have heard me speak to a whole host of people within the beauty industry about skin types, skin concerns, active ingredients and topical products. But perhaps what we've never really delved into is what it's really like to manage a chronic skin condition such as rosacea and the impact it has on your confidence, your self-esteem and how you present yourself to the world. Lex was so generous and so honest about how her rosacea has affected her confidence and self-esteem and I think acknowledging this aspect of skin and skin issues is just as important as offering the solutions and resources to help manage them. So on Lex's blog, which is www.talentedlex.com, she shares so many resources, tips and incredible advice about how to identify, manage and live with rosacea. And I'll share those resources in the show notes, of course. And this is a body of work that she has built up over the last nearly 10 years in managing her own, learning what works for her being able to signpost what might be good for you, what might not be good for you, whilst also acknowledging that everyone's skin condition is completely unique. So as she says on the show, nothing is hard and fast, nothing is definitely going to work necessarily, but at least you'll have the signpost to help you 
on your own journey of discovery of how to manage your own skin condition. In this episode, Lex and I discuss how to know you have rosacea and why it's actually a multi-layered and quite complex skin issue. Why learning to manage your rosacea is a process of trial and error and unique to each and every single person who has it. The idea of a cure-all magic bullet product is a myth, so if someone says they have one, don't believe them. Why it's so important to understand that someone dealing with rosacea isn't just dealing with the physical thing that you can see, there are also many other things going on. How Lex's rosacea made her participate less socially and professionally. Why she started her blog, Talented Lex, and why she wishes she'd had a resource like it when she was originally diagnosed 16 years ago. How becoming a trusted resource for all things rosacea is a responsibility she takes very, very seriously. And so much more. Like I said, Lex was so generous with her time. She was so honest. And she really does share such a useful and helpful insight into managing rosacea, living with rosacea and the things that go hand in hand with having it. And I have to be honest, a lot of these things I hadn't really necessarily understood or considered. So I came out of the end of this conversation feeling very educated and informed and really pleased for having sat down with Lex because she's so interesting. And you're here. She's an awesome woman. So I'm glad to have her on the show anyway. All the links to Lex, her blog, her social channels, everything will be in the show notes. But without any further ado, here she is making her debut on the show. It's Lex Gillies on The Emma Gunn Show. Welcome to the podcast, Lex Gillies. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to see you. And it's so nice to know that we're going to have this conversation because you are a skin positivity campaigner and rosacea blogger. And you have rosacea. You have yep. created some excellent resources about it. And in my confessional to you, I just said, even though I've been writing about beauty for, for nearly 20 years now I have never done a deep dive into rosacea I've never worked on a title where there's necessarily been that kind of investigative uh, tack on particular skin issues and in looking at your content and in speaking to you it's so clear that actually well I'm going to ask you this question do you feel as though someone who has rosacea is almost forgotten by the skincare and beauty industry I do a little. I definitely felt like that when I was first diagnosed. I think uh, back then I'd never even heard the word rosacea when my doctor said it to me. I had no idea what that meant for me. Um, and, you know, I until I was diagnosed, I didn't realise that other women in my family also have rosacea. It was only when I saw it in my own skin, saw my own triggers and then looked around the rest of the women in my family. And I was like, ah, okay, yeah, all of us. Um, and they didn't know either because it just, it it wasn't spoken about enough. And I still think it isn't spoken about enough. I think, you know, it has got better. I've had rosacea for 16 years now and I've been blogging about it for about eight or nine, I think. And it has come on a long way in that time. I do think that there are more people talking about it, a lot more information out there, but nowhere near enough considering it's it's a condition that affects one in 10 people. Um, I think it should be a lot more widely known. It should be kind of a name, a word that a lot of people hear and something that people are used to seeing. So tell me about that then. You said about, you noticed it in your family as well once you got diagnosed. Before you had a diagnosis, before you knew you had this thing called rosacea, what, how were you describing your skin? What was your skin, both your, yours and your family's, that you were managing? Um, I think we, we all 
used to describe our skin as sensitive in general. My dad has um, psoriasis, so, you know, he'll put something on his skin and his skin will flare up really badly. Um, my sisters and my mum, we all are very rosy cheeked. You know, if we have a glass of wine or if we go out in the cold or the hot, we'll go very red. Um, and I think we just thought that that was just our skin type, that we're all very fair. Um, we all thought that we just caught the sun easily and, you know, just just went pink very quickly and certain things would make us feel warm and uh, a little bit prickly and itchy and things like that but I think we just thought sensitive skin as a kind of blanket term um, and then it was only when I went away to university and I think just a huge clashing of lots of different things so lots of alcohol late nights terrible food stress um, just all these things at once I think just sent my skin over the edge and that's when it turned into something that I couldn't really ignore anymore. Before I just used to be, oh yeah, I'm really hot. I'd be in the pub and I'd be like, I'm gonna have to go stand outside, I'm far too hot. And then it suddenly became something that wouldn't go down after a long time. So my skin would turn almost purple. It would look kind of mottled, um, almost like a bruise. And it just, it wouldn't go down for hours and hours and hours. And I just thought, you know, this can't be normal. There must be something underlying there must be you know it must be a rash it must be an allergy it must be something that can be um dealt with and then so yeah I went to my university GP and uh the moment I walked through the door they were just like what's well, obviously rosacea I was just bamboozled I was just I had no idea what they were talking about um but he knew from just from the instant from looking at me the pattern of the redness on my face um and yeah, that's that's where it all started. And I've spoken before about, you know, I felt very let down by that GP because they basically said, here's a cream, come back in a couple of weeks. And the, the cream made things worse. And that that was kind of him, you know, wiping his hands of me. He just he just wasn't that interested. He never mentioned anything about if I could find my triggers or, if, you know, lifestyle changes, anything that I could do to make my life a bit more bearable. He just kind of dismissed me and made me feel a little bit like I was wasting his time for going in over something so um, frivolous, which I hear from a lot of people, I think not just with rosacea, but a lot of skin conditions. Um, I think people do feel that it's a vanity issue and that we're, we're overreacting and that it's not so bad. And I think especially with things like rosacea, where it's not so much even just about the physical symptoms, but it's about how it makes you feel and about the way that it impacts your self-esteem and I that's that's something that I over the years have really pivoted um the stuff that I talk about on my blog and on my social media because you know you can go to your GP and your dermatologist to get advice about your skin you know your skincare and things like that but the thing that I find more and more people coming to me about is is how they deal with it day to day how they talk to their family about it how they get the courage to go on a date how they you know how they wake up every day and go about their day-to-day -day life when they're thinking about their skin 24 hours a day. And, um, you know, it's, I, I listened to a, a podcast with you a couple of years ago, um, the Outspoken Beauty podcast, and it was the episode on puberty. And um, you spoke so movingly in it and um, you were getting choked up as you were talking about, you know, the impact that it has on you and your self-esteem and, you know, the, the issues you had with, um, PCOS and the the cystic acne that you that you had and 
you know, your feeling of walking down the street and not wanting to make eye contact with anyone and walking into a room and assessing everybody in the room. And, you know, it's just, I think, unless you've had a skin condition or something that is kind of a visible difference, I don't think you can understand the impact that it has on everything you do, every kind of place you go, everyone you meet, every thought you have in the day. There's just this constantly, um, just this constant thing in the back of your head saying, is your skin okay? How's your skin doing? What are they thinking? How are they responding to you? And it's exhausting. It's so, it's so tiring to have that constant, you know, tape running in the back of your mind, worrying and thinking about it. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what I what I try to talk about on my blog a lot, which is, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you how do you reconcile trying to get on with your life and lower the stress that can make your skin worse while also trying to deal with the fact that you live with a chronic skin condition that makes you stressed? Yeah, it's just it's a hard thing to balance. It's a really hard thing to balance. And I think uh, what you said there is so true about and I, you mentioned it. So uh, let's, let's talk about my acne in the sense of I, it was the obstacle. It was the thing I knew I was wearing. And I don't know if this is a similar thing that followers articulate to you when they get in touch, but it's, it was, it's that horrible feeling. And I've just read a book actually about um, the inner child and the wounds that an inner child, your inner child can carry. And one of them is feeling that you're not seen. And obviously another is feeling that you're not heard. And I feel as though mm. when you have a something like acne or rosacea, basically a physical thing that people see. It's that feeling that people are seeing that and not you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's the concern that it's what that thing is saying about you before you can even say anything yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've really struggled with. Um, for a long time because there are so many misconceptions about rosacea and so many misconceptions about um, people who present with skin that looks a lot like rosacea. Um, you know, people assume that you're drunk, people assume that you're sunburned and, you know, it's just all of these things that, you know, I've, I've had people accuse me in the past of having a crush on my boss because I went really red every time he came to talk to me when actually it was just that I was stressed and it was my first job. And, you know, when the boss comes over and directly wants to talk to you, you instantly think, oh my God, I'm getting fired. Um, yeah. So I would instantly go bright red and my colleagues pointed out in front of him, oh, look, she goes red every time you talk to her, she must fancy you. And it's just, you know, that kind of thing that's no longer vanity. That's something that actively is interfering in my career and my day-to-day -day life. And, you know, it's it feels very unfair that something that is completely outside of my control can cause someone to make such huge assumptions about me that can impact my day-to-day -day life. Yeah, that's okay. So let's go back to the beginning. What is, what is rosacea? Because I uh, had a dermatologist on the podcast last year and, and actually it was around, I would say two to three months into lockdown. And she was saying that lots of people were spending a lot more time looking at themselves, both in the mirror and via video calls as we're doing now. And they were looking at their skin and there was this real confusion between people suddenly thinking, oh, I have acne, but actually they had rosacea or vice versa. So it does seem to be that it yeah, is one of those things where there's a lot of confusion. Definitely. Um, 
and yeah there's there's so many areas where things can overlap and I think that's why I always say to people you really should your first port of call should be your doctor or your dermatologist because it can be you know for a long time I saw uh, pimples on my cheeks that I now know was rosacea type two. But back in the day with the limited amount of beauty knowledge that I had, I saw pimples. I was like, okay, acne, I'll go out and buy, you know, a very astringent acne, you know, focused toner and, you know, all sorts of things that are absolutely terrible. Looking back now, I cringe because they were the worst possible things I could have done for my rosacea. So um, it's an inflammatory skin condition and there are different, types so now I have rosacea type 1 which is the um, flushing visible broken veins um, can sometimes swell if my face gets um, really flared up rosacea type 2 is the pustules so that's where people often get confused and some people call it acne rosacea as well which muddies the waters even more um, and then there's um, ocular rosacea, which affects the eyes and um, rhinophyma, which is where the skin on the nose thickens, um, which is quite rare. And then there's a final type, which is very, very, very rare, which is um, neurogenic rosacea, which is super rare, but that's, it causes intense pain on the face. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there are lots of types. And um, it is important that you get um, diagnosed by a professional because, as I said, if you're if you're thinking it's one thing and it's potentially another, then that would change the way that you um, you treat your skin. But it's it's chronic, so there is currently not a cure, but it can be managed. I would say I have mine managed pretty well. I know what most of my triggers are, so I either avoid them or work around them. So I often say to people that I treat my triggers um, a little bit like a hangover. So sometimes I've had a really, really bad week and I'll just think like, sod it, I need cheese, I need wine, I need all these things. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll think I really want those things, but is the flare up worth it on the other side? And every person is so different. I get so many people coming to me and saying, tell me exactly what you changed, tell me what your exact skincare routine is and I will do it. I will change everything. I will do whatever you tell me to do. And I have to tell them that that will not help because every single person is very individual. I can tell them what the common triggers are, what, what's a good place to start with removing things and changing things. But realistically, you have to just put the work in yourself, which is, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, it took me quite a long time to find out all my triggers and everything. But once you know them, it actually puts you back in control because you are the one deciding, yes, I will have a glass of wine and sod the consequences or no, actually I've got a really big day tomorrow and having that glass of wine now might feel good, but the flare up tomorrow will make you feel less and that's not what I need. So every person has a different balance and every person needs to find where that balance tips for them. Um, but I just try and give as much information as humanly possible so that people can see what's worked for me and they can use that as like a jumping point oh we lost you just for a tiny second there a jumping point yeah just a jumping off point so they know where to start and do further research do you think I mean we're probably fast forwarding because there's a lot more to unpack there but have you got to a place with your rosacea because I think you said now 16 years diagnosed do you have you come to a place with it where you've been able to see it as potentially a good thing meaning actually I have a I have a visible early warning system that tells me when I'm inflamed um but I can 
that I now can control. And therefore it's not just impacting my skin, but it might be impacting my overall health, which is a positive or no. Yeah, I, I think over time I have tried to, to see it as a kind of silver lining that it is basically just, you know, for a long time I saw it as me against my skin and that my skin was my enemy that I was trying to defeat and that, you know, it was doing these things on purpose and that I had to somehow kind of wrangle it into submission. Um, but I think over time I've, I've learned that it's, it's, it's not, it's the opposite of that. It's my skin desperately kind of raving, waving a red flag and saying, Oh my God, what are you doing? Stop it. Put down the tea tree oil for the love of God. Um, <laughs> and it just, it wants me to heal it. It wants me to know what I'm doing wrong. It wants, it wants us to work together. Um, so yeah, I do. I do think that it can be it can be seen as a as a, as a bit of a positive that it's my body's way of telling me exactly, you know, pretty much instantly what's wrong and what I can do and how to change things. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back because that is that is fast forwarding because I'm guessing it must have been quite the journey to to basically know your triggers, identify your triggers, and as you said, talk about the impact it had on you and how it did it was it something that had always been present or and it got very much worse and at the time when it got worse and you went to your GP was that when it started to eat away or uh, break down your self-esteem essentially was that when you felt like it wasn't just affecting your skin it was affecting your mind and your emotions yeah I think I think um up until the point where I was at university, um, I didn't really think about my appearance all that much, to be perfectly honest. I I was very lucky um, over like puberty and things. I didn't really get spots. I didn't have that many issues. I didn't really do any kind of skincare or anything like that. So it wasn't something that I really was aware of. Um, and then when I went away to university, that that was when it really started to change things because you know, I went, I went to quite a small school. I grew up in, um, you know, rural town in Yorkshire and I knew everybody who was at my school, everyone knew everyone. And then I went away to Sheffield to go to university and I suddenly thought, you know, this is my moment to shine. I can be whoever I want to be. And that was the exact moment that my skin was just like, mm, no. So I just, you know, at the time when I should have been putting myself out there and making friends I desperately just wanted to hide and I I didn't want to speak up in lectures I didn't want to you know go up and start talking to people on my course or anything because I just felt so embarrassed and I knew that the moment I went and did something that was outside of my comfort zone my skin would get even worse so then it would just be like glowing bright red and so it just it that was when it started to just eat away and eat away and eat away and I I didn't even really think about it at the time you know there are I often um get asked for kind of photos of of my skin when it was at its worst and there just aren't really that many out there because you know this was back in the day when um your nights out would be put on Facebook and there would be like a uh, hundred it was like you've been tagged in a hundred photos on Facebook and it would just be like oh forever, forever, forever. so I would just spend ages untagging 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 yeah. untagging and um or I would be the person that took the camera on the night out 
so that I could be the person taking the photos. And that's really sad that I have, you know, a big chunk of time at university where I don't have that many photos of me or the ones that I do have are ones that I've very carefully selected to be allowed to be seen by the general public. So it does make me sad looking back and thinking about that. And I, I didn't really realise how much of an impact it had until, you know, many years later when I, you know, I, I spoke to my parents and they both said, you know, you were such an outgoing child. You were, you were the dancer, you were always putting on plays. You were like, you know, I was in a band at school. I would just, I was always the first person to stand up and be like the centre of attention. And I cannot think of anything worse now. The thought of that just makes me feel sick. Um, and it to have for something like that to have had such a profound impact on your personality is is really sad. And it's something that, like I said, I didn't even realise that it, it had affected me in such a such a huge way. And this isn't something that I've um, actually spoken about on my blog or my social media or anything like that before. I've only really spoken to about my um to my family and close friends but just just before uh the pandemic um I started seeing a therapist um and I was diagnosed with um body dysmorphic disorder and um, related to skin picking issues around that as well I'm so and sorry Lex every now and again you're just going a little bit metally and you went oh. very, you went very metally on the diagnosis would you mind just repeating that for <laughs> listeners yeah, that's fine. Um, um, so body dysmorphic disorder and um, related skin picking issues as well. And um, unfortunately, you know, I started seeing this therapist just before the first lockdown. And then um, I was actually ghosted by my therapist when lockdown started, which I feel like is something that a future therapist is going to have to unpick and do with it. Uh, so I felt we'd only really just started to kind of delve into everything. Um, but so much of the stuff that came up, just everything, everything just goes back to that. And so many things that I just kind of had convinced myself were normal thoughts or normal behaviours or things that everybody did or thought um, all stem back to to then and, and when I was first diagnosed and how alone I felt for those first couple of years before um before I tried to take take control myself really do my own research find people online that understood and and learn everything I could myself rather than trying to rely on on doctors um so yeah I think it's it's something that's really difficult because obviously I talk a lot about skin positivity and I talk about rosacea and how you know it doesn't define you and all these things and those are things that I I very strongly believe in and I I you know they're the things that I that I talk about every day but I also think that we can't ignore the very real impact of these kind of conditions and the way that they can have an impact on people especially when you know the the direct result of us being told Oh, it's not that bad people have got it worse don't worry about it just slap some makeup on no one will know I think constantly being told that kind of thing or being fed that kind of idea is so much more damaging because you know I could have dealt with all this years ago and maybe it wouldn't have been as bad but I kind of I internalized those feelings for such a long time and so you know I am trying to unpack them now and 
and hopefully the content that I share and the work that I do now helps people realize that that before they get to this point and that they understand that there are other people out there who who know how they're feeling that they are not alone that they're not weird that they're not vain that all of these are very real um things that they should be allowed to talk about and should should get help with it's so interesting what you say about your personality changed I just did a podcast with Gemma Oten from Seed which is the uh, one of the eating disorder charities and I, I the way that you said it just made me think about something I said to her which was I can think about I think about my childhood in before fat and after fat and the fact that what I understood as, as a child who put on weight at, at the age of eight went from being sort of quite dull like to being an overweight child was the world treats you differently based on how you look. And that's mm-hmm. a really rough pill to swallow um, as a child yeah. or any age, of course. And I, did you, do you feel a little bit like before rosacea diagnosis, after rosacea diagnosis? I do. I, I feel envious of, of pre-rosacea Lex that she didn't, that she didn't really think all too much about what people thought about her. She was kind of, she was confident. She, you know, she was very happy. In fact, she, she thrived on standing out. I was, I was, uh, I was a bit of an emo kid. I, you know, used to make like stencil my own t-shirts before it's out. I used to wear like yellow fishnet tights and, you know, I was desperate to do anything to stand out. I think because I went to such a small school and, I wanted to be, you know, a little bit different. And, you know, that, to go from that to being like, look at me, look at me, look at me, to all of a sudden being like, trying my best to be a wallflower um, is huge. And it, it does kind of make me wonder, you know, what, if I would be different, if, you know, my life would have been different, obviously, you know, I love my life, but it's, you know, who, who would I have been and what opportunities would I have had if I'd, if I'd, if I'd spoken up in lectures, would I have engaged a bit more? Would I have done better university? Would I, if I had put myself forward for more opportunities at work, um, you know, I never wanted to be the person that, you know, presented stuff or asked a question in a meeting. And I used to hear from people that I worked with when I had like a proper office job, you know, they would say, you're so passive. You just, you just, you know you do your work but you're not engaging you're not kind of driving anything forward you're not you're not asking questions you're not you know questioning people it's and it wasn't you know in my head I was there screaming like what about this or this would be really good or why don't we do this and then you know I didn't the the idea of me speaking up at a meeting and all of the heads swiveling to look at me would just break me out in a cold sweat so I would just sit there and you know it's 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 so much more than just blushing it's so much more than just a little bit of redness and I think that's that's kind of the biggest thing that I try and and tell people and try and share with people that you know even if people have heard of rosacea they very much just see it as like oh it's a bit of blushing oh it's quite cute isn't it oh you never have to wear blusher and um hopefully tell me no one said that to you you Oh, I've heard it so many times, so many times. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's it's a lack of understanding about what it actually is and how it feels and how it affects you. And, you know, that's that's partly, I say to people that my blog and my social media, it's kind of 
I see it partly as teaching people who have rosacea about it and helping them on their journey and helping them to feel supported. But I also see my job to be educating people who don't have rosacea mm -hmm. so that they don't make stupid comments to someone at work or they don't make a, a joke about somebody because, you know, you can't, you, you can, I can do the most amount of work within the rosacea community to help build people up, make them feel positive about the way they look, you know, get them to a great point. But the moment they go out into the real world and there's some idiot at work who makes a joke about them being a lush, that just goes instantly, no matter how mm -hmm. much confidence you build up in a person, you know, it just takes one comment from somebody who thinks they're being hilarious and it can all go. So, you know, it is, it is about educating people in a wider sense and I think that's that's kind of what I hope the skin positivity movement as a whole can move towards because you know from the skin positivity movement we're seeing more brands kind of including people who have visual difference visible differences in campaigns so like you know it's still pretty tokenistic so there'll be like nine women with absolutely you know flawless complexions and then they'll have one on the end who's got like a spot on her jaw and it's like oh groundbreaking we're so diverse <laughs> um but at the same time I joke and it, it does feel a little bit kind of you know ticking a box at the moment but at the same time it's quite revolutionary you know for so many years all we've seen in the media is this like eight foot skinny blonde woman with massive boobs perfect skin and we've been told this is what everyone should be aiming for. This is this is the pinnacle. This is the absolute best you can possibly achieve. And everyone that falls below that is failing and you're not trying hard enough. But luckily we're here and we have the products and the diet and the clothes and the hair dye and everything that will help you reach that point. And I just think so many people are now waking up and realizing that actually what we've been fed as the goal is you know, if you think about the amount of people who would look at a picture like that and think, I'm so happy to see myself represented in this magazine. It's such a tiny majority, a minority of people that look like that. The majority of the people looking at it are the people that would actually probably prefer to see, I don't know, pores, a couple of hairs here and there, like some scars, like just skin that looks like skin. Mm. Because I think like now when I look at adverts, I'm so obviously I'm so kind of in it that I just I don't see it as something that is speaking to me anymore I just think like they're targeting this at teenagers obviously because you know no one looks like that nobody over the age of 14 has skin like that and it does the opposite it puts me off completely whereas if I see a brand who is saying you know here are the, here are some people who love our product and some of them you know have fine lines and some of them have like you know acne scarring from when they were a teenager or whatever it's just it feels so much more authentic to me and I hope that that is kind of the way we're going I hope that more brands actually they move away from just seeing it as kind of a tick box like oh yeah we've got our plus size person we've got our person of color we've got our person with a couple of spots and actually they just start seeing like oh this model came in earlier and we really like her like people responded to her really well last time. And it's not because she has spots. It's not because she has vitiligo. It's not because she has rosacea. It's because people like her or they they like the way she looks in that product or whatever. So I hope 
that that's where we're going. I think we're still quite a long way off. I think, you know, the body positivity um, community, the movement have been fighting for this for decades and they're still, you know, fighting that battle. So I don't see it happening anytime soon, but you know, the, the, the online community that I'm, I'm a part of, I'm a proud part of the skin positivity community. It's, it's such a lovely place to be. It's honestly such uh, an empowering place. And I, whenever people come to me, I say, you know, even if you don't want to be on Instagram, just make an account, make a private account and just follow, like, I'll send you a list of like, you know, 20, 25, 30 people that you should follow who will just make you feel so like joyful when you see them because they're not it's not even like they're saying acne's the best you know I think some people think that some positivity is a saying like don't try and change your skin condition don't try and make it you know don't try and heal your skin they they think we're kind of glorifying or like promoting skin conditions but it's just the idea that no matter what your skin looks like, it deserves to be loved and you deserve to be loved. And if we all wait until, 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 until to be happy or to put ourselves out there or do the things we always want to do, we'll never do them because we'll never be happy. They'll be the next thing to fix and then the next thing to fix. And I think, why can't people embrace their skin in the moment while still also working towards, you know, healing their skin in whatever way they want to I think that there's a lot of confusion around what skin positivity is and I just I think that if people look through some of the accounts and read the things that people are saying I think they would understand a bit better that actually it's just about people saying I just want to live my life I just want to be a person in the world while I also have this particular skin condition and for me, that's so much more important, especially for rosacea sufferers, because what we have is chronic. This is not going to go away. There isn't going to be a day where you say, oh, when my rosacea goes away, I'll finally, you know, go to work with no makeup or I'll, you know, get married or I'll go on that beach holiday because you're waiting for a day that might not come. Mm. So you have to embrace where you are now and you have to embrace what your skin is like and kind of learn to learn to work with it and learn to be happy in the moment because you know otherwise you're just going to be punishing yourself for the rest of your life yeah and it's so true what you say about brands actually it just suddenly when you were talking then about how uh, as a consumer you could think that you're wrong because they aren't speaking to you meaning that the person that they're using in their advertising campaigns and the images they project are not what you look like therefore there's there must be something wrong with you or it's not yeah. for you and actually the tide is turning it's like if you're not talking to everyone brands then you're the one that's wrong not the consumer who you have decided is invisible and I guess that brings us on to a a great word actually of invisibility of uh, like the I follow a lot of body confidence accounts and that word comes up a lot in, I used to be invisible. I used to just not be catered to. I'd walk into a shop and I was very much there, but none of the clothes on the rack would fit me. None of, nothing, nothing looked like me or no one looked like me or catered for me. So do you feel as though there's more positive visibility, if we're going to use that term, in terms of understanding <laughs> and catering towards skin conditions, particularly in the case of rosacea? 
I do. I think I think more and more brands are kind of realizing, probably just from a you know from a financial point of view, that if one in ten people have rosacea, um, it would probably serve them well to do a skincare routine that is that is appropriate for them or makeup that's kind of appropriate for them because the amount of times I've been sent um, a skincare routine, they'd be like, oh, it's great for sensitive skin or I'll hear, you know, it'll get sent to endless numbers of influencers and an influencer who has, you know, inverted commas, normal skin will be like, oh, and you know, the PR thing says it's great for sensitive skin. It's like, what are you basing that on? how on earth would you know and you know it'll get sent to me and I'll look and it's full of fragrance it's full of essential oils it's full of all these things that I would just never put on my skin and I just think you know there are terms like you know sensitive skin and things like that that just aren't protected and when I didn't know anything about skincare when I was first diagnosed and things I would have gone out and bought anything that said it was designed for sensitive skin without having any idea and I think you know there is a there is a responsibility that brands have out there to not only not only cater to all different kinds of skin conditions especially very prevalent ones but also they have a responsibility to be I guess just to be more responsible in the way that they're marketing things to understand that you know there are people out there who are desperate they're very vulnerable there are people who come to me and they've spent a fortune mm. on products because you know they'll see one person on the internet say oh yeah I have a bit of rosacea when actually what they mean is my cheeks sometimes get red so they'll say oh, I have a bit of rosacea and this was fine for me and it'll be some like intense glycolic peel that they're using like five times a week and it's just like no oh my god <laughs> and it's just you know there are there are there's so much misinformation out there and I think you know the internet is such a double-edged sword because when I when I was first diagnosed back in the day when all uh, all I could see were fields um you know there wasn't much of the internet Facebook had literally just arrived and it was still you know just people who you actually knew mm. and um you know I went on the internet and found some like American forums and that's where I first discovered people talking about triggers and I've tried this you should try this have you tried cutting out this particular food or whatever and those were the people who actually steered me in the right direction and started my journey on you know what I should be doing and without them I I don't know where I'd be and so that that's why I started my blog that's why I wanted to be that person so that you know, I've seen some of the dreadful advice out there from people saying, if you have rosacea, you should do this. And, you know, I would rather that someone Googled and found my blog and kind of was able to take it, you know, not as gospel, because as I say all the time, you know, I have one kind of rosacea. I, you know, what works for me might not work for you, but I've done a lot of research. I've spoken to a lot of people. I try to, you know, I don't ever talk in kind of, you know, declarations. I don't say you should only use this. You should never use this. I try to say, you know, every single person is different and you will you will need to learn for yourself. But here are the things with all the information I have and all the information that's out there on rosacea. Here is what could guide you in the right direction. And I just, it scares me how much stuff is out there. Like you, you on all sorts of skin conditions, some of like the, you know, the DIY skincare people make, and stuff like this it's 
it's it's quite scary and and there are you know there's been such a rise in very affordable skincare which has made lots of people you know it's opened up skincare to a whole new um kind of person because they can be like oh that's only a couple of pounds I could try that and I can try this I can try this but it also creates an issue where people are using products that potentially aren't suitable for them or aren't meant for them using them in the wrong ways and that is creating a lot a lot bigger issues I've spoken to um quite a few dermatologists who said you know I've seen people who you know probably were predisposed to rosacea but the, the skincare they're using, the things they're doing, the actives that they are putting on their skin have really exacerbated it and really brought it on and made it a lot more severe than it ever would have been. And, you know, I think we, I think we have this issue at the moment that there's so much information out there. Everything's accessible to everybody, which is wonderful because, you know, you could find the skin positivity community. You could find people who look like you, who have the same experiences as you, who can support you. But then you also have the other side, which is where you're, you're open to information from literally anybody in the world who could be telling you something just to sell you something. And, you know, it's, it's how you, you have to be so careful. And I think so many people don't have the media savvy side of them to know which is which. Just tough. Well, we've just, I mean, right now we're in the middle of, or not the middle of, but we're still in the wake, I would say, of the Gwyneth Paltrow sun protection oh, application yeah. video, which is, which to your point is a great example of, and Caroline Iron said this, and I created an episode about this, it's bad information and how much bad information and misinformation there is out there and how unfortunately, and you alluded to it earlier, it's actually a lot easier to find poor information than it is to find good information because good information of most of the time good information isn't sexy most of the time good information yeah. comes off the back of a double blind clinical trial and sometimes comes from a really wordy website written by a dermatologist or you know it's quite it, it can you can get bored after the first paragraph but when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Gwyneth Paltrow, who you've seen in the Marvel films, obviously we love Pepper Potts, and... Um, it's far more accessible and so you would think well she wouldn't steer me wrong she and there is a part of me that thinks I'm not skeptical enough to think that she's deliberately doing it I think she's probably been told that that's really good information because A-list stars are more likely to be surrounded by well they're not going to be you don't see dermatologists consultant dermatologists hanging around with Hollywood stars do you really no 
They're more likely and also, to be I think their mate who's got a natural skincare brand. Yeah. And I think there's also that thing of like, you know, you look at someone like Gwyneth Paltrow and you think, well, she looks great. Like, obviously her skin's fine. And I think there's so much of this as well that comes out with so many things like celebrities selling like detox teas and skincare ranges and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, but what else? What else is there? Because, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow talks about the fact that she only uses however much SPF or whatever, but it's like people look at her and think, oh, she looks great. She, her skin looks wonderful. So, you know, obviously it's not damaging her skin. So what's, you know, maybe this is all scaremongering and maybe I've been told wrong my whole life that, you know, the sun's bad for your skin and all that stuff. So there's that, it's that kind of, um, I don't know what, there's like a term where it's like when, when you're in proximity to something, it like kind of gives it a nice warm glow because it's, you assume that that's exactly the same and it's it's so damaging. And I think there's, there's so much of that in, um celebrity and influencer culture Mm. um lots of lots of people who are getting paid to say a certain thing or just don't have the just don't have the information don't have the education but are like you say it's it's sexier when somebody's just like this is the one thing you need that will you know because I have I've have you know however many years worth of blog posts um and the most popular ones are the ones that are like skincare and kind of tangible things that people like tell me what to buy what are you using your skin looks good I'm going to go buy that thing and it's they want something to have in their hand that they can put on their face that they feel working that they can actually see and touch and they are the popular blog posts that people really really are engaged with but it always surprises me because I you know I've done so many blog posts on you know, reducing stress on kind of, you know, positive affirmations on, you know, um, the, psych- the kind of psychological side of rosacea and how by harnessing those things, you can really reduce your stress, which in, you know, has a massive knock-on effect for rosacea. But I feel like for some people, that's a little bit too much work and it takes time and it's kind of an everyday practice and it's something that they need to really think about and it's it's often uncomfortable as well you know I talk about positive affirmations and you know meditation and things like that and you can see people just like backing away slowly because I think especially for British people we're very like sounds a bit (laughs) woo-woo she's gonna ask me to hold a crystal in a minute like we're very kind of suspicious of those things whereas we're just like nah just you know I'll go spend 20 pounds on a moisturizer and hopefully it'll be fine. And I think that, you know, I, I tell people that there is no silver bullet solution for rosacea. There is nothing that I've done that I would say, this is the biggest thing. Like everything is, it's multi-pronged. There's Mm -hmm. so many things that I've changed. So many things that I've, you know, completely overhauled in my life. And it's not, it's not a one and done. It's not like I, I discovered all these things, I changed it, and then now my rosacea is kind of under control. It's every single day I make micro decisions that change how my skin looks and feels. And it's now got to the point, you know, 16 years in that I don't even realize I'm making them. They're so like immediate and in the back of my head. It's like I'll walk into a room, I'll clock where, you know, the radiators are or you know where there's a, a fire in the corner and I'll be like we can't sit there can't sit there can't sit there um you know I'll I'll immediately be kind of weighing everything up in my head and though that's just what I have to do every single day because 
it's an ongoing thing it's a chronic skin condition you have to constantly be aware of it and you know that so many people who find that very hard to, I found it hard to deal with at 21 I didn't want to think you know a doctor said to me you should cut down you should stop drinking you should never use hair straighteners again you should get eight hours sleep every night you should have a really really healthy diet and you know to a 21 year old at university who is already feeling like she stands out you don't want to be that person. You're like, oh, sorry, it's 10 p.m. It's past my bedtime. I have to go home and eat a salad. Like, it's just not, it's just not realistic. And so I think a lot of people, they Google rosacea, they see this enormous list of triggers, which is basically everything. And most of them are fun things. And they just think my life's over. Like that, there's absolutely no joy left. There's nothing left to do. So they either, you know, do all those things and become miserable or they just go in denial and are just like no I'm gonna carry on if I'm, if I'm gonna have it forever anyway I might as well just carry on doing the fun things and just deal with the consequences and so you know I was very much there when I was 21 I just I just carried on I was just like it'll be fine I don't believe you um and it got so much worse it was it was awful and I just I had to get to that point where my skin was so bad that I couldn't bear to leave the house and I didn't ever want anyone to see me. Um, and that was the point where I was like, right, okay, this perhaps cutting down alcohol isn't so bad. <laughs> Maybe I should try sleeping more every night. And, you know, you have to find that point. And for some people, it's just, it's not, um, I was reading a study earlier that's, that talks about the fact that it, the, the link between depression in people with skin conditions and the severity of the skin conditions isn't, it isn't, you know, a straight line. There are some people who have a very severe skin condition who it doesn't really bother all that much. And there might be some people who, you know, their skin condition might be considered mild, but it has an enormous impact on their life. And there is no way of knowing who you are. You know, that, that's why I really, you know, bang the drum about people who, you know, if you go to your GP or your dermatologist and you don't feel like they're taking you seriously, you can say something or you can go see somebody else because no one knows exactly how you feel about your skin condition except you and you have to explain to them you have to say you know I don't want to go out or sometimes I call in sick to work or I've stopped going on dates or you know all these things there are so many ways that this can affect, affect your life and nobody can know that from looking at you you might think that you know I think people would be surprised from looking at me from seeing the stuff that I talk about online to know that I still really struggle with my um self-esteem because I get so many messages from people saying I wish I had your bravery you know you post photos of your bare face on online and I tell them that every time I do that my stomach drops like the moment I'm hitting publish on a, a photo on Instagram my stomach is just flipping over and over and over and over and over and over and it you know it's scary. It's still the thing that is my biggest vulnerability. And I'm basically just like displaying it on a platter to the world. And that's, that's not getting less scary. The more I do it, if anything, it's getting more scary because the more, when I first started, I was doing it to 20, 30 followers who all kind of knew me. And now I'm doing it to 30,000 people and it's infinitely scarier. Um, but it's, it feels very cathartic. Like I hate it in the moment. It feels terrifying. And then the moment I do it, I just focus on the messages I get from people who, who find it so freeing to be scrolling through their feed and just have all these photos that they don't see themselves in. And then to see a face that looks like them. 
Mm. And it's, it's, it sounds so crazy and it sounds so silly, but I think unless you have been the kind of person who, like you were saying earlier, doesn't see themselves anywhere and takes that to be a silent judgment on them and a silent kind of nod to, yeah, you're a bit weird, aren't you? That's why, that's why no one else looks like you. And that's why we don't feature people who look like you in magazines or on TV or in films. And I think the moment that that starts to change, it can be so freeing for people. And just, it's, it's incredibly emotional. The, the messages I get from people are just, are just, phenomenal I, I weep all I'm a big weeper anyway I cry all the time but the messages I get from people are just so overwhelming which is why yeah April is rosacea awareness month and last year I had to take May off because I just it felt like an emotional hangover wow. not just because I was sharing so much of myself every day but because I would share something of myself and then my inbox would be filled with people being like, oh my God, me too. And telling me like, you know, the worst time of their life or like, you know, the, the, the fears they have for the future or the fears they have that if they have kids, will they also have rosacea? And am I passing this on to my daughter? And, you know, all these things that are just, you would never know if you just saw somebody on the street who had a bit of a red face and you just kind of thought, oh God. What's she making such a big deal about? But it's, there's, you know, we all contain multitudes. There's so much always going on than other people know. 100% is that saying, isn't there? Everyone's fighting or everyone's dealing, I can't even remember the saying now, a battle that you, you don't know. <laughs> I really yeah. nailed that one, didn't I? <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right because uh, we've, talk, we've talked about a couple of things on here that just made me think about um, recently, I've shared on my Instagram about, I wouldn't call it my weight loss, but I've talked about connecting with my body basically, which, and the, one of the consequences of that has been that I've lost weight and I've started posting different kinds of content. And I had a couple of sort of troll messages basically saying, you're, you're still a lump. Why are you putting videos up of you working out? And <sighs> I, 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 but the thing is Lex is I, I know, I think I know what I look like. I know I'm not some Instagram fitness person, but that's why I do it. Because it's yeah. not about that. It's about feeling strong and confident in, you, in yourself, which is exactly what you promote. But I was going through my computer archives and I was looking at all of my old pictures and we're talking like years back and there is not a single picture that I could share that would say, this is why... I'm happy to pr present myself now because this is what my past looked like because they don't exist. I was untagged. They've been deleted. I have erased mm -hmm. my history, even though yeah. it really informs my present. Yeah. And it's sad, isn't it? Because it's, it's, there's so much that, you know, back then when I was untagging and refusing to let people take my photo or always offering to take the photo for everyone else, my my only thought was how does my skin look how would people judge me if they look back on this is it going to make me feel sad when I see this photo tomorrow and actually you know I would look back on those photos now and think oh my god yeah that was the night that we went to that place or that was whoever's birthday or that was you know that was freshers week that was you know all these things that I wish my I had photos of 
that was my first and last time drinking Sambuca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, all these moments that are now, are now gone. And I hear this from a lot of people who they just, they're not present in their own lives because they're worried or because they feel so ashamed. There was a woman who got in touch with me who was thinking about not going to her son's wedding because she felt so embarrassed about her skin and there would be people there that she hadn't seen in kind of 10, 15 years or whatever. And she just could not bear the thought of them seeing her in the way that she was. And she was just like, I can't, she's like, I don't know what excuse to make because how do I tell my son that I can't go to his wedding? It's like, it is such a thing that if you said that to anybody who hadn't, you know, had this kind of experience, they would think she was the most selfish person alive. They would think, you know, get over yourself. This is about your son. This isn't your wedding day. This isn't anything to do with you. Like no one's looking at you, blah, blah, blah. That's all very rational. And she probably knows all that in some like place in her brain, but it can be so debilitating to have these thoughts in the back of your mind to think, you know, how stressed you are. And that, you know, the moment I feel stressed, my skin just goes, Woof. and you know, if you put yourself in a situation where you are going to be stressed for an entire day, I can't even imagine the effect that would have on my skin. That might result in a flare-up that could last her weeks, if not months. You know, that could cause her physical pain and issues that, you know, no one would understand. They just see this thing of, I don't like the way I look, so I'm not going. Um, you know, that's that's kind of something that I try to really stress to people every time I do an interview, every time I, um, you know, talk about rosacea, it's not just focusing on the way it looks. Obviously, you know, all the stuff I do on Instagram, my blog, it's a very, so it's a very visual medium. So obviously I have to post photos of my skin in a flare up for people to see, because otherwise it doesn't catch people's eye. If I put a photo of me in makeup, but underneath I'm talking about like how rosacea feels, it's not going to reach anybody. So, you know, I do have to share these photos, but at the same time, it's become, it's become quite difficult because I, at times I feel a little bit like a rosacea bot. Like when I look down my Instagram feed, you know, I look at my friend's Instagram feeds and it's like, oh, there's a birthday party and there's a holiday and there's like their nephew and there's this, that, that, that. And I look down mine and it's just like, my face, my face, my face, my face, my face, my face, my face. And, um, you know, I I have other interests. I try to post about other stuff and it just bombs because Instagram <laughs> hates everything I'm, else that I put on there apart from my face. I'm um, laughing because I absolutely it, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the algorithm it's is painful, mental. isn't it? You put something up. You put something up and you're like, oh, I really like this photo. It's like, it gets shown to about a thousand people. And it's just like, oh, okay, fine. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it has kind of reached a point where now I do get, I do get messages from people who I think have stopped seeing me as an actual human being. And they just kind of see me as like, it's like I'm a rosacea support, like chat bot that they can just, they just send me a message being like, moisturizer, question mark. And it's like, hi, how are you? Yeah. I'm Lex. <laughs> can we have an actual conversation like would you walk up to like a, an ass assistant in boots and just be like moisturizer or would you say hi wondering if you can help me oh my god but I think <laughs> that the internet has created this barrier yeah 
and it just makes people think that they can just talk to you and just like I put in question get out answer and like I'm just there to to sit there 24 hours a day being like hello rosacea bot here here is your answer goodbye like it's it's so it's really demoralizing because it kind of does it does make me think that people are just that they do only see the rosacea and they do think that that's the only thing that I can talk about or think about or well it moves them away as well it moves them away as well from the point that you're fundamentally and ultimately trying to make which is your rosacea diagnosis is the beginning of a journey and it's a very unique journey to you that's going to involve your own interrogation and analysis of your triggers both lifestyle uh, the skincare that you use and assessing everything else this is it's basically you're saying I've paid attention to me so now I understand type 1 rosacea as it exists within me well enough to be able to talk about it and the other types because you've educated yourself but what you're ultimately trying to say is and now my friend I'm telling you that if you do the same you can you can have the same sort of control and understanding that I have that has been so empowering but I can't do I can't do that discovery for you yeah absolutely and it's it's um I don't know. I, I do think it's kind of part of this double-edged sword that we were talking about with the internet earlier as well, because it's, I think it has made people a little bit, a little bit less kind. I think it has made people a little bit more um, demanding. I get a lot of, I'll get a message and then, you know, a day later I'll get another message saying, hello. It's just like, I got Sorry. told off. I got told off for being <laughs> abrupt the other day at 11 o'clock at night I replied to someone and said it's all on the main grid on my latest post and admittedly that it was I'm imagining how it would have sounded it was it was all on the it's all on the main grid in the main post which might have the person might have read it thinking I was saying uh all right idiot hello McFly which wasn't (laughs) it was just oh I want to get that information to that person quickly and I got a proper telling off and an unfollow (laughs) it's so hard isn't it and I I'm 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 in empath and I I feel all my feelings very 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 close to the surface and I hate thinking that I've upset people and I hate that I can't go back to everybody who sends me messages and I hate that you know people might feel that you know I've put myself out there and said like if you don't have anyone else to talk to you can always come talk to me and like I'll try and help and stuff but inevitably I can't help everybody because I have a job and also I need time off the internet because otherwise I would lose my mind Mm. um but, you know, I have like a like Instagram lets you set up kind of a um, an automatic kind of reply function thing. And if people send me a question about rosacea, I have this kind of copied and pasted thing where it's just like, I'm really sorry that I can't come back to you with a more personalized response. But I just want to check that you've seen this. I have an FAQ post on my blog, which is thousands of words long and literally lists everything I've ever written on rosacea in 15 years have a look there like if your question isn't answered there please feel free to come back with a very specific question I'll try and help you um but you just would not believe the amount of times people reply being like I don't have time to read that can you just tell me what moisturizer to buy and it's like but I don't and so I took the time to write it so why can't you take the time to read it like I'm not it's not that's not how this works like I'm not I'm not getting paid to be here I'm not I'm a person and I've done the massive amounts of research I've tried to put everything you know 
I can't tell you a moisturizer because one, I don't know your skin type. Two, I don't know what you've already tried. I don't know where you are in the world. I don't know what your budget is. If I have to ask you all these questions, it turns into a cons- like a consultation session. And also I'm not a dermatologist. I don't know, like I'm not here to give that kind of advice. And so I try to give you links to the conversations that, you know, all of the information that I have on my blog so that you can follow other links I've put there to studies and like things that other people recommend and, you know, further information so that you can do the reading as well. And so, like you say, you can become more informed so that you can you can get beyond the point where you're having to come back to me each time you want a new cleanser or a new moisturizer or what are your thoughts on this new makeup? Because hopefully by the end, you'll have the same amount of information that I do. You'll you'll be just as informed as I am. And that's how we that's how we raise everybody's education levels in rosacea because you know I'm not I've never wanted to be a, a resource I've never wanted to be the kind of rosacea oracle that people come to and be like I have to check and see what Lex thinks about this product before I buy it because it's just not realistic I can't I can't be that person I don't think anybody could be that person so you know it's 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 so much about boundaries and I think like anybody who has their job or any of their life on the internet is you know struggles with boundaries but uh, and I think I kind of have made a bit of a rod for my own back because obviously I'm putting myself out there and saying you know here's my vulnerability I'm a human like you know I I've experienced the same thing that you have and so you know I'm kind of inviting people to kind of open up to me and that's that's I do see it as a privilege I see it as a wonderful thing that people feel like they can talk to me and they can't talk to anybody else but at the same time you know we have to have boundaries and I do think it's it's such a hard thing to talk about without sounding like I'm so busy guys like I have to switch off now or like you know people always make fun of people saying I'm taking a social media break I'll be back in a week and it's like it makes people sound very kind of self-important but it's it can be really really draining and like like I mentioned you know I had to take a kind of month off last year just because I felt so tired and so like like emotionally tired I felt really kind of just drained from listening to so many sad conversations and you know just just hearing these conversations over and over and I I've spoken to other people who kind of do this like similar things but with other skin conditions and it's it's hard because you want to be that support and you want to be that person but it's it's difficult to unless you literally like live your life on Instagram you can't you can't be there all the time and I set up um a private Facebook group um called Rosacea Club where um people can go and I kind of set that up so that other people could form that community for me because I started to see these communities building underneath my post so you know I'd post something someone would ask a question and you know for whatever reason you know if if a if a post gets too many comments, it's just, or it's, you know, a week after I've posted it, just, it's better for me to just cut and run. I can't go back to, to post and keep keeping up with questions because it would just take all day. But I see other people jumping in and saying, oh, actually, I think I've seen her talk about this before. She's got a post about it on her blog, on her blog. or they'll say, I'm not Lex, but I also have rosacea type one, and this is what I found really useful. And so, you know, this, this community started building within my page, which is kind of, the dream really because that takes me out of the spotlight it takes me out of this you know that that oracle type figure that I 
because I do not want to be. And it actually just puts me forward as saying, right, I was here at the beginning. I started this account before, like, you know, people started doing this kind of thing, talking about rosacea. And so people, this is now a great platform for other people to discover other people and to have these conversations. And so I started that Facebook group as, a, as an extension of that so that people can post their questions. I don't really, I'm just there to like manage and make sure people aren't, you know, selling dodgy LED face masks <laughs> and all that rubbish. But I'm just there as a kind of moderator. But for the majority of the time, you know, everyone is just asking questions to each other and it's it's very much a kind of, a little community in its in itself which is which is wonderful that's kind of what I what I always wanted that I built the thing that I didn't have which I think is, is so common with with creators and like influencers online and stuff you you become the thing that you needed yeah I wish that I had a blog that there was a, that sounds really conceited but I wish that there was a blog like mine out there when I was first diagnosed because I had no idea what I was what I was looking for where to even start so you know that I hope that that's what my my blog and my social media and that Facebook group can do for people. I and I totally know what you mean about it being draining as well. It's a little bit I've sort of said this before about being so open about depression on this podcast is that I will do everything I get I can to send the ladder down, but I can't mm-hmm. I can't go to the bottom of the ladder again yeah. and help anyone like up the rungs because that's too that's too much. I, I worry about. Yeah. So I totally understand about uh, you, you put the blog posts out there, thousands of words, frequently asked questions, which I bet you update all the time yeah. and finesse all the time. And that's you sending the ladder down. But you can't sort of, you can't say, well, I'll come online at 8pm and read it out to you so that you, you know, because <laughs> you've already put in the work. I do completely understand. So as we draw to the end of our time together, I have two questions for you. One is what you would like anyone listening to this, whether they have rosacea or not, what you would like them fundamentally, if there's one thing you would like them to come away from this episode understanding about rosacea or knowing about rosacea that you think that they may not already know, what would you like that thing to be? That's a good question. I think that it's, it's so much more than your skin. I think that's something that I wish everybody knew. And even I think people with rosacea, I think they need to they need to constantly remind themselves of that because I think we can get so bogged down in, you know, here are my symptoms, here are the way, here's the way that I treat things. Like with everything, with everything in life, I think it's just like, here is the problem, here is a solution. And then if that doesn't work, it's just kind of like, uh, what now? What do I do now? That's the only thing I was told would work. And I think, um, you know, it's 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 what we've we've been coming back to over and over throughout this episode, which is that you you need to find what works for you. And by you, the only way you can do that is by knowing yourself and truly understanding what your skin is telling you, what your body is telling you, what your mind is telling you. And I think that goes for so many things outside of rosacea as well, that it's it's a whole body thing that you need to take notice of mm. and if you'll take you know you can you can be using you know the best skincare in the world you can have a dietitian you can do literally everything if your brain is still not in the right kind of space it's never going to fully click and you're always going to be kept in that cycle because the like emotional stress is my biggest trigger by far I could be you know I could be living like a monk 
I could be doing everything right. But the moment I'm stressed, you know, if I back in the day when the world was open, you know, if you miss a tube or if you're like you realize that you've gone to the wrong location for a meeting or, you know, your train breaks down on the way to the airport or something like that. And that feeling that, you know, when you get like that feeling in the pit of your stomach and you like a, a normal bunny rabbit is normal person's skin will kind of flush when they get angry or like worried or anything like that that's just that's such a powerful mind body connection that we all understand but it seems so difficult to explain to people how the opposite can also be true so it doesn't just have to be negative emotions that affect your skin if you're if you being embarrassed or angry can make your skin red surely you learning to take control of your stress and reducing those emotions can also have the opposite impact on your skin and like this is this is the stuff that I talk about when people are like oh it's a bit too woo-woo for me no 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 you've lost me but it's it surprises me that people don't see that link so I think understanding that by just treating the body you will never res- like get the um the results that you want you're you're only treating half of the the issue I think you really need to be looking at things from a completely kind of holistic point of view well my final question was going to be and what would you like somebody with rosacea to know but I feel like (laughs) just tied it up in a bow there (laughs) it's as if you've done this before Lex (laughs) but that's perfect as if this is all I think about (laughs) well that's perfect and I think it is really helpful and I do think you're absolutely right and one of the things I was so delighted to talk to you I was so delighted to talk to you anyway, but I was so glad that I knew that we were going to cover is how it affects how you present yourself in to, to the world and how mm. it makes you feel when you leave your front door. And I've spoken on this podcast before about, I would call in fat, like I didn't go to hairdresser appointments and I was like, I'm locked in my flat. My flatmates locked me in the flat by accident. <laughs> didn't have a flatmate <laughs> because I just didn't <laughs> like how I looked in my clothes. And I thought, I don't yeah. want this hairdresser celebrity hairdresser to see me and judge me so I'll just stay home and my split ends and I will I don't know cry into a curry (laughs) I don't know (laughs) so I'm really glad that we've you've so brilliantly exposed it for what it is which is yes it is a skin condition an inflammatory skin condition but it is also so much more than that and as you say just because if you have it mildly it might affect you profoundly in your self-esteem yeah. and you might have it really severely and you might might not be as affected but you're still affected mm. yeah absolutely I think just you know that that is the the drum that I want to keep banging that it's if it is affecting you if it's something that's affecting your day-to-day life if it's affecting the way you feel about yourself it's if it's making you change plans like you say that is enough for you to go and talk to somebody like you know there's been such a huge um drive recently in like recent years about mental health and about you know talk to somebody talk to a friend talk to a talk to a gp just talk like you need to reach out and i think that you know we're, we're still so kind of deep in that quagmire of no no one wants to hear about my problems or you know mustn't grumble people have got it worse and it's just I really hate that like one of the one of the rules in my Facebook group is that is like you're not allowed to diminish other people's feelings because I've seen in other groups and people have done it to me as well online 
you know, people say, oh, your rosacea's not even that bad. Like mine's so much worse. And it's just like, this isn't a competition. And secondly, it doesn't matter what you think about my rosacea or how bad you think it is. It's about how it makes me feel. And I think that it's, it's, you know, this, this mental health conversation is so kind of tied up in, in this, in this conversation as well, because it's, it's impossible to separate the two. I cannot, I cannot understand how anybody can, can even discuss a skin condition and not, you know, ask about your mental health because it's, they're so entwined, you know, for years when I was going to my GPs, it was, it was never even mentioned. No one even asked me, no one cared. You know, I was a 21 year old girl sat sobbing in a, in a doctor's office and they were just like, there you go, there's cream by. They didn't even ask me how I felt about it or, you know, what I wanted to do or how it was affecting me day to day. And um, it took many years to find a doctor who actually was the first one that said, you know, are you okay? How do you like, you know, are you finding it hard to, to socialize? Are you, are you finding it hard to go out without makeup? And, you know, it, it, it felt, you know, the moment that pe- that doctor asked me that, I could not stop crying because I just suddenly thought, you know, it's not, it's not just me. It's not just me being overdramatic. It's not me, you know, being silly. It's, this is a real thing that an actual doctor is asking me, you know, what is the impact on your, on your mental health? And it can't be, they can't be separated. They are, they are one and the same. That's good advice. So, I mean, would you say if someone's listening to this and they are affected that as much as you have to take control of understanding your triggers of skincare and all of the things that we've discussed would you also advise that they talk it talk it out with a mental health professional and are there specific mental health professionals or resources that you would recommend i i would definitely say that people if they feel like they um if they are in the right place to do so i think that that is really really useful because i i do think some people aren't aren't ready yet I think, you know, being diagnosed with any kind of chronic condition, I think there's so many like hurdles to jump over and so many different um, kind of areas of understanding you need to reach and kind of acceptance. Um, But I think definitely being able to talk to somebody about that is so useful because it can be hard. You know, I've, I've spoken to my family and my husband about it and friends and things, but it can't, I just, I don't, I think there's something missing. I, I just feel like that they cannot fully understand how it feels, no matter how many times, you know, I've explained to my husband, you know, that I, I think about it all the time, all the time. It's constantly there in the back of my head. I still don't think he understands. I think he, he kind of thinks that's like something people say, but I don't think he, he really kind of recognises how, how tiring that can be and how much it kind of impacts everything I do and it's you know you can't expect people to it's such a it's such a hard thing it's like him trying to explain his depression to me it's it's you know it's not something I can true I can empathize I can try and understand we can talk about it I can try and listen to what he's saying but I'll never really fully know how it feels so I think you know I would I would recommend going and talking to somebody definitely mention it to your GP as part of your diagnosis because like I say it should always be you know one and the same it shouldn't be I'm here to to talk to you about my rosacea and also depression or anxiety Mm -hmm. it's you know they're not two separate completely different things they're very much linked 
um, there are people who are, you know, specifically, um, you know, there are there are psychodermatologists um, who, you know, this is absolutely their their key kind of focus. Um, it's still, you know, I think a fairly new uh, kind of section. So it's probably um, hard to get referred, um, you know, within within the NHS system. And, you know, the barrier for a lot of people is is money, which is which is sad. So many people come to me and say, you know, I can't afford to go to a dermatologist and my GP won't refer me because my rosacea is not bad enough. Um, so, you know, that's another thing that people have to take into consideration as well. So, you know, I, I totally recognise that I'm saying, you know, it would be great for you to be able to go and talk to someone, but I also recognise that that's not, that's not a, a thing that's available to everybody. But I think just just being able to talk about it and vocalise those feelings can often really help you anyway, which is why I really encourage people to, you know, come and come and find the, the different people in the rosacea community or the skin positivity community in general, because those conversations, even just being around them, even just hearing them, it normalises it so much so that maybe the next time your husband or your mum or your sister or whatever asks you how you're feeling, you find the words a bit better because you hear these conversations and, you know, it's like we said earlier, you can't be what you can't see. And it's in the same way that mental health conversations about anxiety and depression and things like that have come on in the past couple of years, people see those conversations and they find the words to be able to phrase what they've been feeling. And I think that's, that's a lot of what I felt um, through following lots of people who also have rosacea and different kind of visible skin differences. I think just hearing the way they describe stuff, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly it. Never would have thought about it like that before. Or wait, so you're saying that not everyone feels like that. You're telling me that's that's a weird thing to think. Um, and you suddenly realise that that's kind of, you know, and you take it and you think, right, okay, next time I go to my GP, that's they're the words I can use. That's exactly the the way that I can represent it in the best way possible. Well, I'm so glad we've had this conversation. I know that I'm positive that you will have given people listening the words to use to speak to a GP, a dermatologist or somebody so that they can get on that path that you have obviously been on yourself. And uh, it's just been brilliant. Thank you so much. And obviously I'll put the link in the show Thank notes. Thank you for having to, me. Anytime. I'll put the link in the show notes to your website, to your social media and to anything else that you would like me to share. But Lex, thanks so much for coming on and just being so brilliantly thorough and honest and real about rosacea and educating me. Like I said, I I know about rosacea, but I didn't really understand it. And I feel like I've come away with such a keen understanding of um, how to talk about it. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This it's been so much fun. I could honestly talk about this stuff all day. This is like joyful for me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found that conversation with Lex and me useful. If you would like to get in touch with me, don't hesitate. It's um, the beauty podcast, nearly forgot then. It's the beauty podcast at gmail.com. Or if you feel more inclined to send a more informal message, you can always DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you would like to speak to me and thousands of other listeners of this podcast, that we are all in the Facebook forum, which you can join by clicking the link in the show notes. The show notes can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. And we would love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.